0: Hi everyone, it's OSBA's Senior Communication Manager, Scott Gerfin. Thanks for tuning in to the Leading the Way podcast. And we greatly appreciate our sponsor, Vartech, Education's IT partner. One of our frequent guests on the podcast is Jennifer Hogue. She leads our lobbying efforts at the State House. She is OSBA's Director of Legislative Services. Jennifer, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott.
0: So we've kicked off a new year in the Ohio General Assembly. I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about what's on the agenda for public education. So let's just start. What, what are some of the important education-related bills that are on the agenda right now that you're closely watching and our members should be aware of?
1: Yeah, there is a lot. We are tracking a lot of bills. I have quit counting how many because it makes my head spin. um, Just knowing that any of those can move at any time. But we do have some that we're really watching closely that have been getting hearings and a lot of attention. So we know that those are likely to go. Of course, one area that's um, being discussed a lot at the State House is property taxes with the increased valuations and concerns from taxpayers. There's a lot of discussion around that. We've got a couple of bills pending. One is House Bill 344, and that would eliminate replacement levies along with doing a couple of things. And we have testified in opposition to that bill. Um, We understand the concerns about um, increasing property taxes and share that concern, but we also don't want to see districts lose tools that they have um, as they try to meet their obligations to raise local revenue. Also, House Bill 187 um, is kind of just still hanging out there. If you remember, the House started that bill and had a three-year averaging of valuations. They sent their bill over to the Senate. The Senate stripped out what the House had and put in an expansion of the homestead exemption. Um, But as a part of that expansion, they were only going to reimburse school districts for 50 percent of the cost, while other local political subdivisions like your townships and municipalities were getting 100 percent reimbursement. And so we expressed our concerns with that. That bill's kind of just hanging out there. It's gone back to the House for the House to agree with the Senate amendments, but the House hasn't taken it up yet. Our position on a lot of these uh, property tax bills has been that it is a large issue and really needs to be studied. And the General Assembly has their joint committee on property tax review and reform that is currently meeting. And so we think that's the best place to explore these bills and their impact. That committee is slated to wrap up their meetings and fact-finding phase um, around June and then issue their final report by the end of December. And it's the hope of the General Assembly that those reports and recommendations will help inform some possible changes in the next biennial budget. So that's property tax is a big issue. We also have a lot of bills that are still pending out there. We've got Senate Bill 49, which deals with um, adding reasons students can have excused absences. Um, The Senate sent over... Senate Bill 49 which added the religious exemption days. Um, The House has added in um, 4-H and FFA as reasonable reasons, but they also recognized in the House that when you make these changes, giving students additional excused absence days, that you need to balance that with changes to how chronic absenteeism is defined Um, also changes to how the report card rates are calculated around chronic absenteeism as well as the impacts that these new additional excused absences would have on the timelines and requirements for schools with absence intervention plans and notifications. So the House has made some changes. I don't think the Senate's real happy with those changes and they're still working behind the scenes to come up with a bill that they can both agree to. Senate Bill 162 has also been sent to the House It deals with um, reading and math instruction and intervention for students who score at the limited level on the state assessments. Um, We have expressed some concerns about doing these with math at this stage, of course, with reading, we've had the third grade reading guarantee and some investments there. Um, and professional development, as well as you know, with the new budget bill that came out and the science of reading, some additional resources to districts for curriculum and professional development. And so really feel like we're in a spot in the state where we've invested a lot of time and thought in how we do that for English language arts. But for mathematics, we're just sort of starting that process. And so the Department of Education and Workforce has a committee that's looking at Doing something with math, best practices, intervention, some of the same things that we've seen um, come to fruition around um, English language arts and reading in Ohio. And so we really think that taking math out of that and just focusing on the reading portion is the way to go at this point. We'll see what they choose to do in the house. And then, of course, um, Senate Bill 168 is still pending, that's in the House, and that's really sort of a deregulation bill. It provides a lot of flexibility to districts in terms of teacher evaluations, um, licensure to help get some folks in the pipeline that districts could use to fill spots in classrooms, as well as making some changes around dyslexia and professional development. and the assessments around dyslexia as well as some other things. So Senate Bill 168 dealing with um, some extra flexibilities for districts is out there. Um, A couple things coming from the House. We've got House Bill 2, um, which was just passed very quickly. Um, That is sort of like a quasi-capital bill. Um, So the capital bill is done every two years, and that's where the state provides funding for infrastructure. Um, And so the House has put in um, some infrastructure pieces from the capital bill in House Bill 2, Um, included among that is $600 million for the Ohio Facilities Construction Commission um, that would be for the school building program. So $600 million there. There's also $700 million in one-time strategic community investments. Now, this pot of money was um, sort of created and allocated during the budget process, but hasn't specifically been divvied up for community projects yet. So the House has taken their half of that, which is $350 million. and and divvy that up to community projects in their districts, um, anticipating that the Senate would then do the same. And the House has fast-tracked this because they really want to get these one-time strategic um, community investments approved so that, you know, shovels can be in the ground in um, the spring and summer and get these projects moving along. The Senate's indicated though that they intend to do a traditional capital budget um, with this money in there um, and that they're looking more at the timeline of doing something in May. So, you know, just another indication of, you know, the differences of opinion amongst the House and Senate these days, but that's the capital bill as it stands right now, House Bill And then, of course, there's another bill dealing with military enlistment seal and adding ways that students can earn that. That is House Bill 250, and it's over in the Senate now, so halfway through its journey. And it would add... um, Ability to qualify for students who are accepted into ROTC programs in college, and then also students who have received an appointment to the U.S. military service academies. So adding a couple of ways that students can earn that. And then the last big thing that we're watching The governor's um, school bus safety working group issued their recommendations recently. And House Bill 279 is a bill that was introduced um, to mandate seatbelts on school buses. It's still pending in the House Transportation Committee, but we've heard that they intend to, once they had the recommendations change the bill um, to reflect those recommendations. So we're still waiting to see if that will be the case, but those recommendations span a whole host of areas around school bus safety, everything from training to actual safety features on buses. The next step for those recommendations, of course, is the general assembly taking action, but also the department of public safety and the department of educational workforce have some things that they'll need to do around training and safety. Um, of course, the big topic was seatbelts um, and whether or not to require. Require those. The recommendation as it came out of the safety work group was that those would not be required, but they would be an option for districts. And so the work group recommended that the General Assembly appropriate funding for districts to be able to apply for grants to um, select a whole host of school bus safety options from enhanced lighting um, to seat belts and that they could pick and choose what would work best for their community and for their students. So a lot on the plate right now um, so a lot of things to be watching.
0: Yeah, what a list you have there <laughs> to be following. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is an election year, right? So a lot of the a lot of the session dates are they going to be crammed before we they go back to their districts to campaign, is that right?
1: It is. It's a very light session schedule. Committees are still meeting. Um, that lighter schedule, though, pr- creates some challenges for us because, um, you know, we're seeing that things can move more quickly. Um, and so we really need to keep our eyes on things. They've got one more session date in the Senate this month. No session date scheduled in March. And then I think two sessions in each chamber in April, May and June. So not a lot of session dates, but a lot of activity can still occur.
0: So that leads me to my next question. You talked about challenges there. What What are some of the things that you anticipate during this session? And not to mention, I think we're probably going to see a new house speaker at some point, right?
1: Potentially. And that's part of what our challenge is. So if you will remember, folks came to session thinking Derek Maron would be speaker um, and speaker Jason Stevens was elected. That um issue has not gone away. Um, the folks that supported Derek Marin still strongly support him. And it's a challenge, I think, for the House Republicans to be together as a caucus on some things. Um, some of those folks have actually fielded um, primary opponents for some of the Republicans who had voted for Jason Stevens to be Speaker. Um, and so you know, there are some dynamics at play that make it really challenging for them to get things done um, and for us to be able to anticipate what's going to happen. And that's going to continue. And um, we're also hearing that, um, you know, President Huffman is term limited in the Senate and is making a run for the House. And so we're hearing that he would also like to be House Speaker. Um, and so, you know, it's I don't think the issue is put to bed yet, even though Speaker Stevens will be um, serving in the House potentially um, for, you know, some time yet to come.
0: So. Stay tuned, I guess, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's certainly entertaining to watch, but it does a (laughs) wrench in a lot of things.
0: So, Jennifer, as you know, we have uh, approximately nearly 600 first-time board members who joined our association in January. Uh, I I wanted to, to recap with you. How can local board members get involved in the legislative process? What can they do?
1: Yeah. So it's extremely important that you get involved. And I think the very first thing those new board members can do is to reach out to their representative and introduce themselves, um, both your state representative and your state senator, as well as your congressional um, representative. Um, Make sure that they know who you are, um, that you have a passion for public education and that you care deeply about your students and that you can be a resource for them. We continue to be your eyes and ears at the state house and share information with you. And we We talk with legislators a lot about um, the thoughts and concerns of our members on the legislation based upon our legislative platform. Um, You know, we put a lot of information out that can help you stay up to date um, with facts and a flash and those types of things. Um, But the one thing we can't do is, you know, expertly explain that local impact and how it impacts your student body. That is why your voice is extremely important at the statehouse, because you can provide that local impact and help them understand um, how the decisions before them will impact kids.
0: That's true. Inviting them into the the school district to show them what's going on is, is very important. I know a lot of districts do do that, right?
1: They do. And it is extremely important. Um, I used to work for a legislator that always said, I can show you better than I can tell you. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, some people learn by seeing. And so inviting those legislators out, um, brag about the programs you have, show them the amazing work of your students, Um, let them feel that energy that exists in a school building and and see that great work that you're doing each and every day. It's important that we do that. Um, And now with it being campaign season, they're looking for those opportunities. They have more time in their district um, to get out, to take a picture, to meet with people and have discussions. So please be inviting them out. And if you've done it before, do it again.
0: One of the final things I want to touch on with you is in terms of advocacy, um, OSBA, we don't do this alone. OSBA collaborates with other education advocacy organizations to advance shared priorities. Can you just talk a little bit about who we work with?
1: We work with a lot of uh, great advocates and partners, and we're very fortunate to have the relationships that we have. Um, You'll see us often testify um, with folks from the Buckeye Association of School Administrators and the Ohio Association of School Business Officials. Um, You know, we have very great relationships with them, and our positions often closely align. Um, We also work closely with both the elementary and secondary school administrators groups, um, the Educational Service Center Association, the Career Tech Associations, the Teachers Association. Um, and we partner with them and testify on um, bills where our positions align. Doesn't always happen, but often it does. And so we're very fortunate to have those folks. um, I've been working with many of those individuals for over 20 years and really appreciate being able to work with them, um, understanding that when we can't agree with them on a position, that it isn't personal and that we're going to look for the next opportunity to partner.
0: So Jennifer, I wanted to finally wrap up with just some key dates for our members. What They should be aware of as uh, the year moves on at the General Assembly.
1: Yeah, so probably the next big date in the General Assembly is the primary election. That is March 19th. Um, So make sure that you are participating and voting again, March 19th, the primary election. We are gonna have our state legislative conference on April 23rd. Um, So I would highly encourage you to register and come to that. Um, It is gonna be held downtown near the state house. We'll have policymakers come and talk and share information with you. And then we invite all of the legislature um, in for lunch so that you'll have a chance to converse with your elected representatives at that time and share information. Uh, We're also going to be doing a workshop on May 16th called School Finance 101, and that's a great um, time to learn a little bit more about school funding and how that impacts your buildings and your students and help prepare for the budget season, which is right around the corner in January of 25. And then, of course, November 5th is the election. So make sure you have that date on your calendar and you get out and vote Um, all 99 of the Ohio House seats are up for election half of the Ohio Senate seats, um, U.S. Congress, we have a U.S. Senate seat open, and then also a presidential election year. So again, November 5th is the general election. And then right after that is my least favorite time in the legislative cycle. It is the lame duck session, And so that runs from right after the election till the end of the calendar year. And it is the time that we have our head on a swivel. Anything can happen. Um, It's a race to the finish for legislators to get done what they want done this year. Um, And for many of them before they leave the General Assembly. So you'll be getting a lot of communication from us in the last couple months of the year, but it will be important communication.
0: Jennifer, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast. You know, the work you do and your team does, it's so critical uh, for our members to to keep them informed uh, about what's going on and and all the advocacy work that you do and your team does for public education so thanks again for coming on the podcast
1: yeah we're happy to do it just remember we're here to help you navigate um, the state house and have the information you need your voice is vital and legislators need to hear from you to understand those local implications for policy decisions
0: thanks jennifer thanks again thank you And thanks to our sponsor, VARTECH, Education's IT partner. Are you ready to take your board leadership skills to the next level? Join us for OSBA's Board Leadership Institute, May 3rd and 4th in Columbus. It's a must-attend event for both new and seasoned board members. Developed by board members for board members, BLI offers tailored learning sessions on critical topics like legislation, development and student achievement. Visit our website ohioschoolboards.org to secure your spot today. And don't forget to take advantage of our special hotel rate at the Hilton Columbus Polaris booked by April 11th for this exclusive offer. OSBA's Board Leadership Institute where expertise meets opportunity. Register now and lead with confidence.